0: Hello, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the women worshiping with us, and welcome to everyone who's worshiping with us. Now, I say Happy Mother's Day, knowing that Mother's Day can be difficult in the best of circumstances. There are women with us today who are not mothers and desperately want to be. There are people with us today who have lost their mothers, maybe even this past year, and maybe even to this horrible virus. For some, a relationship with mother is difficult, and for some, a relationship with children is difficult. Whatever the circumstance, today, let's just say we celebrate the women in our lives that have given us hope. Maybe that is your mom. Maybe that is your grandmother. Maybe that is a friend or a coworker. Think of a woman in your life that has shown you love, support, and the hope of a new beginning. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, may we be met by you today. May meditations of my heart and words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, my blessed rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I come from a long line of strong women. My husband might tell you strong-willed women. In other words, stubborn. But that's okay, he comes from a long line of that too. It runs deep in our families. My mom, who is 91, is very patient, slow to speak, kind and caring. My mom taught me a lot about strength and so did my other mothers, the other women in my life. My aunts, my grandmothers, and my mentors. When I married Joe, I met another woman who showed me strength and faith, my mother-in-law, Carolyn. I will never forget the first time I met Carolyn. Joe and I had just begun to date and I was going to be somewhere close to his house that day and he was going hunting that morning. So he said, just stop by his house and when he was done, we would leave from there. Well, when I got there, no Joe. Time had gotten away from him and church, nothing has changed. When he goes hunting, he loses all track of time. Well, his mom invited me in and they were seated at the table for supper. And of course I realized I had interrupted their meal and I apologized. Carolyn didn't even miss a beat. She just got another plate out of the cabinet and said, come on and sit down and eat supper with us. There is no telling when Joe will be back. She knew her son. It was fried chicken. I couldn't say no to Carolyn's fried chicken. I Couldn't be rude. My mother-in-law and father-in-law welcomed me with open arms from the moment I entered their door. And when it became obvious that I was a permanent fixture, then she really did become my other mother in many ways. There have been many times in my life I have called Carolyn for advice, or I have called just to hear her voice. There've been times when I just wanted to be in her presence and sit out on her porch with her and talk about life. Naomi and Ruth must have had that kind of relationship too. Their story in the Old Testament begins with these words, In the days when Judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. The story begins with a time when people were in crisis and fear. A man named Elimelech and his wife Naomi traveled to Moab with their two sons to find food. Not long. After they traveled there, Elimeh dies leaving Naomi and her two sons. Some time passes and both the sons marry Moabite women, and then the two sons pass away, leaving three women, Naomi, Orpha, and Ruth, with no means of support. That is when Naomi decides to leave for home. I've asked Reed Dickinson to share this part of the
1: story from the message a paraphrase, translation of the Bible. Ruth chapter 1, verses 6-17. One day she got herself together, she and her two daughters-in-law to leave the country of Moab and set out for home. She had heard that God had been pleased to visit his people and give them food. And so she started out from the place she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law with her on the road back to the land of Judah. After a short while on the road, Naomi told her two daughters-in-law, go back, go home and live with your mothers. And may God treat you graciously as you treated your deceased husbands and me. May God give you each a new home and a new husband. She kissed them and they cried openly. They said, No, we're going on with you to your people. But Naomi was firm. Go back, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Again, they cried openly. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth embraced her and held on. But Ruth said, Don't force me to leave you, don't make me go home. Where you go, I go, and where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people, your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die, that's where I'll be buried. So help me God, not even death itself is going to come between us. The story of Ruth begins
0: with great loss. Yet as we will see, these women find God's greatest blessings in the support they give each other in the midst of a new beginning. When we hear the story of Ruth, most of us think of a love story and it is. Maybe one of the greatest love stories in the Bible is that of Ruth and Boaz. However, if we read the rest of the story found in just three more chapters, you will find that it's more than a love story. It's a story of strength in the midst of pain and loss. It's a story of kindness in the midst of fear. It's a story of hope in the midst of unknown future. So first, let's begin with the strength seen in both Naomi and Ruth. Tough times, grief and loss can shatter even those we consider the strongest. Naomi was a woman of strong faith, but the loss of her husband and sons understandably rocked her world. Naomi's name actually means pleasant. And she says to those who greet her as she enters her hometown of Bethlehem, that she doesn't feel she fits her name any longer. She says, don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara for the almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has returned me empty. We can empathize with Naomi here. We understand why she feels bitter, why she may even be angry with God she has lost those whom she loves most in the world. The scriptures do not tell us how they die, but we can imagine that an illness may have taken them or an accident. Naomi is grieving and God understands this moment, just as God understands when we have moments in which we question or doubt God's care for us. Faith is holding on to God in these moments through the things we do not understand through the pain and loss of this world. Faith is giving God our true feelings, and believe me, God is big enough to take them and will help us get through to the other side. Ruth grieves as well. She has lost her husband and now finds herself a young widow in a strange land. Ruth has come to give her support to Naomi, but Ruth is also looking to Naomi for strength and guidance. And Naomi, even in grief, knows she must be a faithful example for her daughter-in-law Ruth. Life gives us these moments, times in which our faith is tested, times in which we have to reach down deep to find that strength that only God can give us. No matter how bleak the world can look, there are those who choose to follow God in God's ways, setting an example to those who are new to the faith. There must have been something Ruth saw in Naomi that made her leave her home and follow her to a new land and a new beginning. And I believe that was her strong faith. Naomi is a woman of strength in the midst of great loss, but so is Ruth for she has accepted God for herself now. God is no longer the God of her husband, the God of her mother-in-law. No, she has called upon God Yahweh as her God. From the shelter of Yahweh's wing, Ruth draws courage, strength, and wisdom. At enormous risk to herself, she assumes responsibility for Naomi by working the fields. Ruth would have been seen as a Moabite, a foreigner, and could have been harmed as she worked those fields. Yet, as we continue the story, we see the hand of God showing her the way. The land was recovering from famine and the fields were beginning to finally bring harvest. The Levitical law, which was the law of God's people, provided for the poor by leaving the fields with some grain to be picked up after the field was harvested. As it says in Leviticus 19, When you harvest your land's produce, you must not harvest all the way to the edge of your field and don't gather up every remaining bit of your harvest. Also do not pick up your vineyard clean or gather up all the grapes that have fallen there. Leave these items for the poor and the immigrant. I am the Lord your God. Boaz was the landowner of the field Ruth found that day and by chance a kinsman, which means a distant relative of Naomi's. The kindness he offers is not seen in following the letter of the law, allowing Ruth to glean the field. The kindness is seen in how Boaz follows the spirit of the law. I'm going to read to you a section of that story from the message. Boaz asked his young servant, who was foreman over the farmhands, who is this young woman? Where did she come from? The foreman said, Why, that's the Moabite girl, the one who came with Naomi from the country of Moab. She asked permission. Let me glean, she said, and gather among the sheaves following after your harvesters. She's been at it steady ever since, from early morning until now, without so much as a break. Then Boaz spoke to Ruth. Listen, my daughter. From now on, don't go to any field to glean. Stay right here in this one and stay close to my young women. Watch where they are harvesting and follow them. And don't worry about a thing. I've given orders to my servants not to harass you. When you get thirsty, feel free to go and drink from the water buckets that the servants have filled. She dropped to her knees, then bowed her face to the ground. How does this happen that you should pick me and treat me so kindly? Me, a foreigner. Boaz answered her, I've heard all about you, heard about the way you treated your mother-in-law after the death of her husband and how you left your father and mother and the land of your birth and have come to live among a bunch of total strangers. God reward you well for what you've done and with a generous bonus besides from God to whom you've come seeking protection under his wings. She said, Oh, sir, such grace, such kindness. I don't deserve it. You've touched my heart. Treated me like one of your own." At the lunch break, Boaz said to her, come over here and eat some bread, dip it in the wine. So she joined the harvesters. And Boaz passed the roasted grain to her, and she ate her fill and even had some left over. Well. When Ruth returns home to tell Naomi of the events of her day, bringing with her an abundance of barley and the leftovers from the meal they had together, Naomi praises God and begins to experience the hope of God once again. In fact, I think she began to sing matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match, kind of off in her head. In this time period, women were dependent on men for their livelihood. But I also think she saw an opportunity for Ruth to begin a new life. Naomi wanted what was best for a daughter she dearly loved. I invite you to read the rest of the story this week and see just how the marriage took place. I promise it has a happy ending. In fact, at the end of the story, we hear these words, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons. The story of Ruth and Naomi is a timely story for us today, not just because it's Mother's Day, and it's a great story about two strong women, but it's a story we need to hear because it reminds us that God is with us through all things. With God in the center of our lives, we can get through the difficult parts of this journey. God gave Naomi to Ruth and Ruth to Naomi to help each other along the way. The wisdom of Ecclesiastes says this in chapter four, two are better than one because they have a good return for their hard work. If either should fall, one can pick up the other. Continuing on in verse 12, it says, also one can be overpowered, but two together can put up resistance. A three ply cord doesn't easily snap. With Christ in the center of any relationship, we are stronger. When the community is struggling with unemployment and food security, we help where we can with God in the center. We're stronger. When we know that someone is grieving or struggling with loneliness, we offer ways of encouragement as a Christian community. Naomi and Ruth lost their loved ones at the same time. They mourned together. And together they crossed the border of Moab into the territory of Reuben's tribe. They traveled through Jericho and the steep ascent toward Jerusalem together. And then they finally made their way into Bethlehem together. They knew they had each other to lean on and that God was with them. As the great pastor Zan Holmes once said, by the grace of God, if there is a problem, we can solve it together. If there is a burden, we can lift it together. If there is a mountain, we can climb it together. If there is a stone, we can move it together. If there is a challenge, we can meet it together. If there is a race, we can run it together. And if there is a river, we can cross it together. Church, by the grace of God, There is nothing we can't get through together. We might not be physically in the same space, but I have never felt more of this community as I do in this season. Make no mistake. We are together. Our love for one another still binds us together. Like Ruth and Naomi, we are still connected and our story reflects theirs. Ours, too, is a story of strength in the midst of pain and loss. I think of everyday heroes of this time, mothers, many of them, working so hard to do all the things they normally do and homeschool children, care for aging parents, cook three times a day and try to somehow soften the loss of birthday parties, baseball seasons, senior proms or graduations love gives us strength to keep on going in the midst of loss. Ours too is a story of kindness in the midst of fear. Sharing our resources to help others in need so important. Did you know that we found out that young families relying on food pantries for groceries in this time of need were not receiving diapers for their little ones and so Salem stepped up and provided the resources for LifeWise to be able to pass out diapers to those families? Ours, too, is a story of hope in the midst of an unknown future. Salem has wasted no time finding new ways to worship and connect. I've been so inspired by the hope I feel as I listen to our musicians play each week. They have used their talents to bring joy and praise in this chapter where so much is unknown. Did you see the drummer in last week's video using his washing machine for a drum? Now that's creative. We have not let the unknown rob us of our hope in God or silence our praise for Him. Hallelujah. I have seen the fruits of the Spirit in the work of the church each and every day. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our bishop had two words for us this last week as he uh, gave us a word to encourage us along the way. He said, church, we need to hold on to grace and patience. We're not living by the letter of the law in this time. We're living in the spirit. And just as it says in the scriptures, if we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Happy Mother's Day Church. Thank you for all the ways that you're living by the Spirit. Amen.